Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. So I'm super nervous that you're recording this and are going to make another clip of me dancing. (laughs) I spent so much time on that today. It was pretty amazing. Well, I mean, you know, it was so worth it because it's hilarious. (laughs) You could be an Instagram star. That's, that's one of my goals in life. Speaking of of Instagram stars. Yes. I think Belle is becoming an Instagram star. Is she? She's, yeah. does, does she have her own page yet? No, I can't decide if I want to start another Instagram account or not, because I already handle enough yeah. stuff between accounts. Actually, I don't post on that many of them anymore, but uh, yeah, I started doing some funny reels with Belle. Well, I did one because I had a beer Friday night and I was like, oh, this is funny audio. So I made a reel and then like in an hour and 150 people liked it. <laughs> Well, I don't know, like, I don't know what's up with my Instagram, um, algorithms all of a sudden, but there must be stress in my life because I have dog pictures, like every third slide. They're, so I was like, oh, oh, Instagram knows I need pictures of puppies. <laughs> you must've liked something with dogs, <laughs> but it's like, now it's on a Vishla kick. So I get Aww. pictures of Vishlas all the time now. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't need a Vishla. <laughs> So that's what my parents adopted a Vishla. I was like, oh, adopt a five or six year old dog because they're in their seventies. And my mom's like, has <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis and they adopt a Vishla mix puppy. I was oh, like, holy crap. That's a little bit of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we don't know why she's chewed up all the carpets. I was like, well, I can tell you why. She's bored. <laughs> she's bored. Yeah. yeah. My friend Bethany had two Vishlas and Bethany was a really fast runner. She was a triathlete and she could take those dogs out for an eight mile run and they yeah. could still be ready to go as soon as they got back to play ball. Yep. Ready to go again. Yep. My, <laughs> my brother raised Vishlas when we were growing up. So I'm very familiar with the, with the breed and love the breed, love the breed, but yeah, energy definitely yeah. Well, comes to mind. So there's a good chance that I have now have a Vishla in the future because when they adopted this yes. dog, they were like, Hey, will you take it if something happens to us? Yeah. Not to be morbid, 
but they're like in their mid seventies. Oh, they got a ways to go. They do, but I don't know that they have a ways to go in some kind of establishment that they could have. They can have the pet with them. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah. How are you? (laughs) That was a happy conversation. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm good. You know, it's that post-holiday weekend when the holiday falls on a Monday and you're like, what day of the week is it? What What's yeah. Ha- What's happening? And nobody's around. And like I went down to my real estate office this morning and it was like crickets down there. It was so quiet down there. Every everybody takes this week off. It's yeah. it's always always been the big. But because it's been so cold and here, or I'm <laughs> <laughs> it was 57. It's hundred here. <laughs> It was 57 on Sunday. <laughs> that was the high of the day. Oh my God. It's so hot here. It's like a sauna outside. It's freaking miserable. Yeah. So I am still, I still think it's May or April. You're confused. Yeah. <laughs> confused. And now I'm like, how do we get halfway through the year? I don't know what's uh, happening. I hate, I, I really like hate thinking about that, but anyway, there you go. I know, but there's a lot of fun stuff coming on the second half of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. July is uh travel central for the, for the Moan family. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be the end of the year before we even know it. Wait, you texted me that is this our hundredth episode or was the one with Kate? No, 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 no. Oh, We're okay. It'll be when we come back in August. Awesome. We'll hit okay. our 100th episode. Okay, we cool. Have a cake. We, we need cake. Anybody have any recommendations for cake? Yeah. For cake. <laughs> yeah cake. Or, or something fun we can do. Our yeah, 100th sure. episode. So that's a good I, reminder. We're actually going to, uh, this is our last episode before we're off for, is it our last episode before we're off for podcast break for a yes, couple of weeks? I think so. It is. It is. But yep. we're going to be playing the women's performance podcast. Uh, nope. That's not what we're playing. We're going to no, be playing, playing title nine, the title nine. Um, I already talked all about how fun that is. Last <coughs> yeah. So, so we'll be playing that on this, on this channel while we're gone and you're you'll be in Ireland and I'll be <laughs> In Florida on the Redneck Riviera. Yeah. So you'll be where it's hot, hot like this and I'll be where it's cool. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, uh, we have an old episode that we did not get to air that we are <clears throat> going to be bringing y'all today. We do. We get to talk with Maude Farrell. We interviewed Maude before Unbound um, back at the end of May. So I'm sorry. No, it was at the big. Yeah. What, what I don't know that? what it was. Well, yeah. Unbound was at the beginning of June. It, yeah, it was at the beginning of June. We interviewed Maude um, at the beginning of May was when we interviewed her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and right after we got that, that podcast recording, uh, she got the news about Mo uh, and they were very good friends. So out of respect for her, we just held this podcast recording and uh, she gave us permission to release it. So we don't talk about Mo. Uh, we do talk about her and her cycling career and she's really so full of energy, mm-hmm. um, has really fun things to say. So if you hear a lot of references to unbound and talking about racing unbound, that's why this is a little bit delayed, but again, this was out of respect for, for her and the things that have been going on in her life. So, and we, we do get to hear about the Berkeley marathon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I see. I, you remember, yeah, I was You're going so much through better at remembering <clears throat> what we talk about to people with people. Well, you know, I'm older. Wait, that's not how this works. <laughs> <That's not> how <laughs> 
Although I just recorded the Hammerhead ad for our new sponsor. And I was like, anybody that's ever ridden with me, I forget where everything is on the route. Like, <laughs> oh, there's a giant hill that we're going up again. So anyway, so we are going to get on to this interview with Mon Farrell and we'll see you in August. Nice. Christy, uh, I, I had to tell Christy not to get freaked out if it changed, but then it went back to the old one where it said recording in progress. Mine didn't say that. Oh, mine, mine said that. Yeah, I did. Oh, we can record you in secret now, Christy. That's just frightful. Well, there was a notice that popped up. Yeah. People really want to know about my tragedies with Zoom and trying to get online. <laughs> so. Oh, no. It's a little, uh, a little constrained over there in Emporia. It's- it's it's uh, so 2020 to talk about Zoom problems. <laughs> I've got 99 oh. problems, but Zoom ain't one. There we go. <laughs> God, okay, move on. Like, <laughs> okay, well, we have a guest joining us today. We We're do. not just going to talk about Zoom. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have Maude Farrell joining us, and she has like the best background of anybody we've ever had. Oh my gosh. <laughs> On a podcast. I mean, I'm assuming it's like the virtual background. Yeah, it's not actually Black Bear Pass outside outside of Telluride, but it is. It's just not where I am. I'm in my kitchen. Nice. (laughs) And where's home for you? Um, Well, I currently live in Sausalito, California. So that's a town just north of the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, north of San Francisco. And but I'm I grew up in the Northeast. I grew up in New Hampshire, so pretty far from what I'd consider home. I still say home as if it's the Northeast. Uh, so when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, it's both places. How long have you been in Sausalito? Uh, well, I moved to Sausalito after having lived in the city for seven years. So I was in okay. San Francisco um, a year after college. I lived abroad, and then I came up here for work, and have basically been here. Uh, for a long time, but I didn't move to Marin County until COVID really, um, and everything went remote. And I was like, I'm going to move across the bridge and yeah, just kind of stuck around since then. But yeah. Nice. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, I know, well, I, I guess we should start. Cause I've got, I've got a little bit of Intel on mod simply because I have. A- oh dear. Oh no. You have our, <laughs> you have our grand prix. Card playing card i didn't even give it to you christy you're just like stocking up you have your own secret stock this is what tsa has been trying to confiscate from you they're like you are carrying (laughs) contraband of non-distributed non-freely given lifetime grand prix playing cards and we are going to get you well this was my idea and my son designed them so i have an inside track (laughs) being able to get a hold they are a huge hit they're a huge hit um and I need to start carrying them more frequently with me because I'm often caught and people are like, can I have a playing card? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Can I swear? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay, good. I swear a lot. So, so um... <laughs> I don't know if you saw that Isabel King put out there that she would send people stuff on yeah. Instagram. Like that was yeah. interesting. That was I shouldn't have done. Dude, that. Iz is such a hustler. I have so much respect for her. Holy shit. I I can't. <laughs> she's so she's so good. She's like such a fan favorite. She's so she's so much energy outside of just riding. I'm just like always like, what? How do you, how do you have that? I bet she's not like- <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, well, so before I, before I get into questions off of this, I know Catherine is going to want to hear your story. What brought you into cycling and to gravel? Yeah, that's always my, that's my lead question. Oh, <laughs> it has been for like 86 episodes <laughs> <laughs> or 80, whatever we're on now. Don't, don't fix it if it ain't broke, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a big question. Um, I think that there's like a pretty uh, old, I don't know, frequently told story from cyclists that you hear like I was a runner and I was injured and then I got onto a bike mm-hmm. and that's my story but I, I I don't know I've been reflecting a lot more and like bikes have been a part of my life my whole life but like not in the way that they are now they were always a really just a, a side story you know they were like this mechanism or this tool that I use mm-hmm. as a kid and as an adolescent to go and do other things. And I thought, I was like thinking about that so much. I was like, when did I really start riding? I was like, I've been riding bikes for a long time. Like I distinctly remember learning how to ride a bike. I distinctly remember spending summers um, at my cousin's house near a lake. And we would like take our bikes to the store and buy, you know, five cent candies and like all this stuff. And I would always ride my bike down the street to these farms and go visit the farm animals. Cause I lived in the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire. And like, so bikes have always been there. I was using them as a commute, you know, my primary commuting mm-hmm. tool for, you know, when I was starting my career in San Francisco. And so like, they've always kind of been around. Um, so in that way, I'm not new to bikes, <laughs> but very new to bikes in the like competitive, actual kind of formal setting and, you know, the whole gravel scene, but I guess everyone's new to gravel. Like it's not, something that you know people have a huge history in um but yeah so I guess to start like I was a runner I was an ultra runner um was really into trail running and extreme (laughs) dumb races like really (laughs) mountainous 50ks like the steeper the better the rockier the better the slower the pace the better kind of thing but um my body kind of disintegrated and uh I had just run the Barkley marathons which is a really bizarre and competitive race in Tennessee. (laughs) That's crazy that you ran the Barclays. What (laughs) what year did you do it? Uh, It was 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2017. One of our podcast Uh, hosts on our Iron Women podcast just ran it. Who was it? Alyssa Gadeski. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's fucking badass too. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I Well, I listened to her episode all about the Barclays. Like, we could make this an episode all about your Barclays experience. Oh I'm sure, but we won't. <laughs> you should get us both. We should come back and do it. Oh my gosh. That's a great idea. You and Alyssa, um, like we'll take a break from gravel cycling and we'll get you and Alyssa just to, to talk Barclays. <laughs> I like if you know, first of all, if people don't, since we were pumping it, if people don't know where it is, just a little sidetrack, if you could tell them, cause it's the craziest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, totally. It's this wild race. Um, it's been going on for quite a long time, but it has an incredibly non-traditional format. It's, considered a 100 mile race. It takes place in this remote um, park called Frozen Head State Park in uh, Eastern Tennessee. And um, this guy, Gary Cantrell, who goes by Lazarus Lake, started the race years ago um, because he believed he could travel 100 miles in uh, the backwoods of this park in the course of 60 hours. So there's a time limit. Uh, The goal is that you finish five laps uh, within the 60 hour time frame, but in the history of the race, which like I said, has been going on for decades, only 
15 individuals have ever finished the race and no woman has ever finished the race. Ah. The race. Yeah. So it's a pretty big, it's pretty big deal for uh, women to, to show up and compete, but there are definitely some contenders out there. The past couple of years have seen no finishers. Um, every year, Laz makes it harder. He adds in different challenges. There's no real route, but it's not technically a route finding um, race. And there are all these other quirks and oddities that go into it that he's kind of designed this race to just be a total mindfuck. <laughs> and there's a really great <laughs> two or a couple, I guess now, but two main documentaries out there. If you're interested in like understanding the depths of human insanity, uh, it's called The Race That Eats It's Young, which is on Netflix. And that came out in like 2015. And then there's another one that says uh, Where Dreams Go to Die, which is on YouTube. And <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, an uplifting very race. Inspiring. <laughs> Super inspiring. Um, but, and <laughs> so really yeah. Awesome. But Courtney Dowater yeah. has like run it twice now and it's not finished. And she's yeah. probably considered yeah. one of the best ultra runners in the world. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. She's also a huge fangirl. If you're out there, just, I love her. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fangirl of a lot of people, but yeah. Um, yes, she, well, like I said, no one finished. Uh, there were some like serious weather issues. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's never just about a run. Like he, like, yeah. I think it's really interesting because ultra running is similar. I think the reason that people are really attracted to gravel, I'm trying to make some connections here. People are, are really attracted to <laughs> gravel <that>. because <laughs> it offers this space where you don't have a traditional hard roadie scene where you're like, we don't stop. And we don't wait for anyone just fucking go. And if no one passes you up a bottle, you're done. Like that's it. Right. And gravel is like a lot like ultra running. It's like, we're going to help you. We're going to set this incredible goal that you're like, am I capable of doing this? Yeah. Can I do this? And then like, yeah. And we can do it because we're going to show you and kind of help guide you. But at the same time, it's your journey and it's your story. And it's this amazing way to like give people this opportunity to explore something that they may have no like trust that they can do it, but they kind of put their trust into that event or into like a lot of the planning to make it happen. And I, I see that a lot. I saw that a lot in ultra running, right? Like the aid stations and volunteers and like a lot of that energy comes out in gravel. And that's the first time that that's really been the case in cycling, like cycling races up until kind of gravel became bigger. We're like, yeah, harder roadie scenes, crits, cyclocross and mountain bike, which like aren't really that long and they're fun and they're awesome and they have their own benefits, but yeah. it's not quite that flavor. And so ultra running, yeah, is, is similar in that sense. So you can kind of draw parallels um, if you're on either sport. But <laughs> the thing about the Barkley is Laz is like, screw that. I'm going to turn this race into the hardest thing ever. And at every turn, I'm going to break you down. And so there's no support. Like there's nothing out there. There's no aid station. He's like, don't bring a support crew. You're not here to like get help. You're here to just like be in your head and in your physical body and like battle that out for 60 hours. If you can make it that far, which you are unlikely to make it that far. And so it's this like total inverse of everything we know. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of a sicko, but I'm looking for like a little bit of, I'm like, what, who is doing that in the gravel world? <laughs> and I've heard um, the LA tourist race is sort of trying that out. Like a couple of my friends have mentioned it. It's like self-supported and you're basically out there, like kind of, you're doing a, a set route as I understand it, but like you're going to places to find certain things like coordinates or pages in a book um, and collecting it. But yeah, it's just a very different race and it's extremely mental it's it's totally 
wacky. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like recommend it. You know, I'm not like everyone should go give this a shot. Like it's fucked no, up. It's Everybody really, should it's, watch the video. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also really hard to get in, right? Because he doesn't. Yeah. That many, had, like it's like 60 people or 30 people. Yeah. 40, 40 people. And he usually, um, <laughs> a number in a there. Cap. Yeah. He, uh, but anyhow, he, uh, I, I had a shortcut. I, there is one secret way to get in. And if you go to the 50K, which happened in September, um, and you win that the first male and first female have entry into the Barkley. I think he still does that, but this was years ago. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I was doing this race and I got such bad hip flexor tendonitis from training and training on my skis and running and running uphill that I couldn't walk. And so, but I could ride a bike. And so, uh, I was supposed to be shopping for bridesmaids dress, um, but there was a bike shop next door and I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be shopping for a dress right now. And the bike shop was having a fire sale in the parking lot. And so I was like, I'm going to go shop for a bike. And so I made my mom and my sister uh, <laughs> go shop for a bike for me. And I bought this uh, team cyclocross bike. It's a Trek Crockett. Um, and I like, it's red and had cyclocross gearing. And I didn't know what the difference between a cyclocross bike and a gravel bike. And uh, I bought it. My sister drove it out west for me. Um, and I had this bike and I just started riding. And uh, my partner who I was with at the time was like really into riding and we'd go out and I couldn't do shit on the downhill. You know, I was like, ah! <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> but uh, I was like smashing the climbs and he would always be like, oh, I think you're pretty good. <laughs> I was like, I think you're like, I really think that maybe you should like focus on cycling and kind of like move away from running and I kind of did half and half for a while it was mainly a cross training tool for running so I kept racing through 2018 and into 2019 as a runner but halfway through 2019 I was kind of like I what if I just spent all of my time on the bike like what if I just stopped with this running nonsense and like focused on getting really efficient on the bike and so mm -hmm. raced a lot didn't have a coach and it was the first time in my life that I wasn't really working with a coach, like running coach. Um, and things went really well. Like I competed at a lot of local races and was like, what? Oh, uh, I guess I did really well. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just also found this amazing group of people. I, I was so fortunate to San Francisco is a really special place, which I could talk about forever. Um, but really found my way into a group of cyclists that were, um, loved having fun, but were also ambitious and eager to train and wanted to get better. And we had really fun competitions, you know, amongst ourselves. Um, so I joined kind of this informal fun team, um, and it just gave me the sense of belonging that I hadn't really found in running. And, um, so it was a whole combination of things, right? It was like, I found people that I loved on and off the bike. I found a place that I was like, shit, this is, I have potential. Like, this is super exciting. And then it was like, oh my God, my body is functioning, <laughs> not falling apart. And I can spend seven hours outside pedaling. Like, come on, you know, I couldn't have got any better. So um, yeah, I, from then on, I, I, I got a coach in February of 2020. I started working with a cycling coach and then 2020 happened. <laughs> You're like, there um, goes my season. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know, I was kind of thinking of 2020, like breakout and I'm going to get onto the scene. It's going to be this whole thing. And 
nothing, obviously we all know what happened. And, um, but I, you know, for me, um, I'll just put a huge asterisk on this that I will acknowledge all of the horrendous things that happened in 2020 and the devastating things, the impact it had on all of people's lives. Focusing in for a second on my story, like 2020 was a really positive experience for my cycling career. I love training and 2020 was this opportunity to just stay laser focused on what I was doing, how I was growing and how I was developing. And that, you know, that just focus and, and simplicity was like so much what I needed. I needed to step away from competing. I needed to step away from racing um, and just having the chance to like train and have fun and learn and like explore and do challenges that had no objective outcome or result was like fantastic. It was such an incredible time, um, for me to grow as an athlete. And so 2021 was really my first year, uh, training as, or like kind of coming into the scene as like, okay, I'm fully racing. I've had a program and, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so yeah, to live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside inside tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body inside tracker was created by experts in aging genetics and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. So where did the story. where did the the nickname come from? Did it come the mountain goat is your nickname, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does it come from running? Or does it Yeah, come yeah, it comes from running. My sister, my sister said it. Um so this is a long story too, but I I tell stories forever. Um my first name is actually Megan and I went by Megan for almost my whole life, but when I was like mid twenties, I was like, I, you know, uh, I don't know. I just want to like change something up. And there was this whole confluence of events, but in summary, the name is my grandmother's. I wanted to pay tribute to the matriarchs in my lineage. Like we don't pay enough attention to them. Um, it was an, it was my middle name. Uh, I loved it and it was funky and different. It stood out as, you know, it means powerful battler. And I was like, that's fucking bad bitch right there. So I decided I want to start going by my middle name. Um, and so my sister was like, yeah, you're Maud the Mountain Goat. And she just kind of stuck it. And I was like, yeah, I love it. Like, 
I love being in remote places, love rocky stuff, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, this matches. So that's the nickname. I love that. Yeah. And then you're, you, you are, we were showing your playing card. So you are racing in the lifetime grand prix series this year. Correct? I am. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get in. <laughs> Amity was yeah. like, I'm threatening them that they don't let my friends in. I'm not racing it. <laughs> <laughs> but Amity did not. Threaten. Amity pulled to- <laughs> she did not pull she did not play that card that's awesome yeah yeah um yeah it's cool I mean it's 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 unlike anything we've had an opportunity to do in the world that's what I'm excited like, about is we're gonna learn a lot this year so it is yeah I I want to be on the other side uh a lot of times like understand what you like the strategy what you guys have learned so far like what it looks like on the inside because it is a huge orchestration and Mm um I am so curious how it will play out Mm -hmm. I think everyone is like I love the diversity and the selection of events they are all so different yep um, and they all have such distinct personalities. I've only, uh, I've only done four. Oh no, I've only done three of the six. Um, but been to four of the six. And even between that, I'm like, these are so, they just have different everything. So yeah. it's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Which one are you looking forward to the most? And which one are you the most nervous about? Hmm. Good question. Um, oh God, I don't know. I'm like a Jekyll and Hyde person. I get nervous. I get nervous and like chill about the same thing. I, so it's all a mixed bag. Obviously Unbound is like a huge focus. Um, I almost wish it wasn't. I feel like it, you're going to hate this, Christy. It gets it's a okay. lot of attention, but there are other really cool events out there. And I think there oh, are yeah. other really cool premiere events. And so I don't want to talk about it because I think other other events deserve love <laughs> too. But it's obviously the one that's upcoming. It's a big deal. It's big. I've never been. It takes a lot of preparation. So I'd say that one's top of mind. Um, I've never been there. This will be my first year. Um, it's very much like a running ultra, which I'm mostly excited about. Like you got a pit crew and you like are out there for all day and you can have highs and you can have lows and you can have like these long breaks. You're like, is it going to, is what's going to happen in five minutes? But you're like five minutes in the context of 12 hours, nothing. Right. But five minutes in the context of a five hour race, that's different. And so I'm really excited about that side of it. That feels way more familiar to me, like way mm-hmm. more up my alley of like, yeah, I know how this vibe goes. I know the highs, I know the lows, like all that. So I'm actually really excited. I've been feeling like really stoked. I had a kind of a poopy experience at Sea Otter um, and I truly don't have any puns there. It wasn't a digestive issue. I just like truly did, had like a mediocre race. Um, And so I think in that way, I'm also like, I'm like going into this one a lot more prepared, a lot more stoked about showing up ready, showing up like amped to be there. Um, I'd say I'm really nervous about Leadville. I mean, in all honesty, it's high, it's fast and it's mountain bikey. And I have a lot of handling to (laughs) improve on um, and get better at. So yeah, 
but I also love Crusher. It was, that was an awesome race for me last year. So I'd love to have a great showing again there. Um, Big Sugar is unbelievable. I loved it. I had a terrible race, but loved it. Had so much fun, beautiful ride. Like I am to go there. Never been to Shawemagon. So I don't know all of them. Well, (laughs) I think what's what's so cool about what you're talking about is like, I, I mean, I agree. I see like part of the reason I'm so stoked on the Grand Prix is that Lifetime does have a lot of really cool events. Mm -hmm. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of really great events out there, period. Like I, Mm -hmm. I think back to when, when we first started with DK unbound, there were no events for me to go race that were like this. Right. Right. Because they're just, they weren't, they didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. to now be able to myself, be able to go and participate in events is super fun. And you're you're right. That's like, I think the coolest thing about the whole thing is how the gravel scene has grown up around it, around unbound and around these other key events. And now you have, you have options. Like it doesn't have to get boring ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my favorite race is a relatively short gravel race, Vermont Overland. It's like punchy and climby and gnarly and short. And then like, I'm, but I'm also really excited to race unbound. And that's another thing I love is like the variety and the difference in the kind of, yeah, just different personalities you can encounter in gravel racing is it's exciting. And you're like, oh, well, I'm actually really dig like the 12 hour stuff. And I really dig the under three hour stuff. I I can't wait for you to (laughs) see this course. It's so, the course is just, it's so good. So is it hundred so percent new? Tell me the, it, we need yeah. the insider deets, Christy, you gotta <laughs> lay them out. <laughs> when does this podcast come out? <laughs> Tuesday. It comes out on Tuesday. It comes, so oh. it comes out after we release the course. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not that, I don't think this part is secretive, but um, two checkpoints, um, Eureka mm-hmm. and Madison, <clears throat> um, two neutral water stops where support crews are not allowed. And that's at the top mm-hmm. of Texaco Hill and in Hamilton, which is a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the views are 100% iconic Flint Hills stunners. Ooh, yeah. And we do open range. Like I was out working on some scouting yesterday and the cowboys are out working the cattle we go through the wild horse farm. So you get to see all the wild horses out depending oh on where, gosh. you know, where they are. So it's just, wait, like, tell me that we're not going to get trampled by wild horses. I can't deal with large, trampled. I can't deal with large animals out on bike rides. Well, you, the ones you should be afraid of then are the cattle. <laughs> oh my God. I'm terrified because, of cattle. Well, you go through open range. So the cattle yeah. literally are on either side of you. Is, will um, there be a bull should... loose on the course? There won't be a bull, and, but we also hire. We also Thank you, Catherine. Just so, checking oh, it. Yeah, cowboys actually work the cattle to keep because they don't want. We've had a few yeah. cattle like bust through the fence, or and we have to buy the cow. But we have to buy the. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God! No. Which, Nobody wants to buy a cow at the end of a race. No. But, you know, I mean, if, if a rancher comes and says, hey, we lost two heads of cattle, of course, we're going to replace the cattle. Or and cows, cows aren't cheap. They're not cheap. Oh my so God, we've, yeah. we've opted to work with the cowboys initially out of the gate. Like that, this was several years ago. Um, so they, they go out and keep the cattle somewhat back. But if they're not, they're used, you won't get trampled. They're not, they're not like what you saw. The <laughs> I love it. I'm putting race. that on a, on a disclaimer and I'm having you sign it. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you better read your waiver. <laughs> <laughs> Not responsible. 
Or wild animals. It really comes up to you. Just, just go up and say, Christy Moan said you're going to leave me alone. <laughs> See if they Perfect. Turn You'd be like, cowboy, cowboy, where's the cowboy? <laughs> I mean, I always I always had a feeling, Christy, that you're really the uh, undisputed mayor of Emporia. I just didn't realize it extended into like the cat, the, the realm cows. of cattle as well. The livestock. <laughs> but they're, like, they're like, oh, Christy's the boss. We know that already. We know. <laughs> well, I but it's you know ben Sachs, our our new race director put together this course and um he did i had somebody one time come up and tell me that that it's like a a really good course is like a fine is like fine art and it's like a painting Mm -hmm. and i just like going out and and driving the course um and just getting things prepped and everything i'm like wow this is a stunner there's Mm -hmm. You get you get a few you get a few lows where you're going to get to go into your head, um, which I always think is a good thing in an event, because um, I think mental toughness is part of what gravel helps with as well. Um, mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. I'm excited. You're That's gonna, so you're great. Gonna, yeah. You're gonna get to the is top there... of the tower spine and be like, what? Um, I feel like I'm interviewing you, but I think this is the people no, want to know. Is the impetus for a new course because the lifetime and wanting to set an equal playing field? No, no. Um, we've historically changed the course every two years. Mm, yeah, I knew that, but I figured it was, you know, kind of more tweaks or, you know, different passages, but, um, no, this new. is, there's so, there's literally so much gravel. Um, yeah. and we also really want to spread some of the economic impact as well. Yeah. It's yep. kind of twofold, um, that, you know, when we hit these other checkpoint towns and, and, some of the towns, you know, get tired. They're like, okay, we could use a year off of no unbounded gene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like give us our um, streets back. Yeah. Yeah. Give us like our, our sidewalks. And, yeah. We have volunteers that need to volunteer for something else. And they're all, you know, so it's, yeah. it's all kind of like a symbiotic relationship. So anyway, that's, yeah, yeah that's why we switched awesome. it. And it's the, the concept initially was you have a year to come and do it. This was before it sold out. It was like, it mm-hmm. is now you have a year to come and do it. And then the revenge year when you didn't finish it, then you can come back and do the same course and try to, to set it right. That was mm-hmm. where it started. Was it, and yeah. then we change it up on you to make, throw out different new stuff. So you've got uh, the, the, the climb called the bitch um, this year on course. And we've never had the judge on, but the judge is on course this year. And oh my God, um, the judge is uh, historical. The, the history there on the name is that evidently some, local judge had ties to the Kansas city mafia and he didn't do something they wanted him to do. And so they killed him and buried him beside this hill. It's Holy shit. <laughs> I would be more worried about the mafia than the cows. <laughs> I didn't know the I'm mafia sure existed in Kansas. <laughs> the Kansas city mafia is going to be out on the course. Oh my God. So actually this is great. There's a to throw it back. There's a climb at the Barkley. He names all of these different things, different names, Yeah. but there's one thing called the testicle spectacle <laughs> and it's a hill so steep that it's like everyone. Oh, I thought for a long time, I don't know if other people thought this, that it, because it's so steep, you could see up people's pants and see their testicles. Yeah. Um, but it's actually because it's so steep and long that you have to make sure you run through the old, the old phrase that you would be like, wallet, hat, keys, testicle, spectacles. And it's like this list that you're supposed to run through where you're like, I have my hat, my pipe, my wallet, my testicles and my spectacles. Uh, because if you forget them at the bottom, you're really screwed. 
And so it's called Testicle Spectacle. So I feel like you should like look up some of the Barkley Hill names and throw some in there. That's amazing. You know, that would make me smile. That would make that, me smile. That would be funny. I'll, I'll name one just for you, Mon. <laughs> oh, yes. Your own special <laughs> hill. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be rad. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And this this one, I think, too, there's a part of it. I'm totally waxing on about this, but. Um, I got to do a section of this course. We, I mean, some of the similar roads in 2018. And this was, we'd started our 200 women, 200 miles campaign and had seen the field size grow for the women, which was super exciting. In 2018, I got to actually race it. Um, And I left Madison and headed towards Texaco Hill. And I was in, I looked up, like just, just got hopped in with this pace line and I looked up and it was a pace line of seven women. Fuck yeah. And, and I just, I had goosebumps from head to toe and mm-hmm. we were all mm-hmm. like talking, we ever, we were calling each other by the States we were from, which was also really freaking cool because it was That's like, yo, so Texas, sick. it's your turn to pull, you know, like, yeah. And, yeah. And it was just this moment where I was, I was like, I'm riding in a pace line in the world's biggest gravel race with women, not, there yeah. wasn't a man in the group. Yeah, and, that's and we were all super strong and riding super fast. And there, there's a section on the road. Whenever I ride that road, that's immediately what I think of. And I'm just, yeah. I hope you guys have some memories like that when you're out there. Fuck yeah. So I hope so too. I, I'm like, I see, uh, I've, you know, watched some stuff from past years and I don't know, it harkens back to a New England vibe. Like you can tell it's hot and humid and it's got the greenery and it's got the rolling hills. And I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I had I had a similar moment at SBT last year. I was having a really, really, really bad day. Like maybe the worst day I've ever had racing. And I was like going up mile 99. So it's like, I'm not even close enough to the finish. And you're like, it's almost over, but I'm far enough along to be like, this is shit. <laughs> And I remember just being in this state of like, I, I'm going to just roll over in the river and just stop. Like, I'll just <laughs> wait for someone to come pick me up. And at that moment, I heard this like laughter. And I swear, I was like, it was like magic where there was, I looked behind me and there's this like, I just gone through this grove of aspens and I just hear this like, ha 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 collection of laughter, like these wood nymphs. And I was like, what the fuck? Who is having such a good time that they have to laugh right now? And then like up on me rolls this, this group of lady lead boaters. It's like Sarah and Casey. Uh, oh my God, this is embarrassing. Um, Cause there are other people in the group too, but um, anyway, we all got together. I started crying and they're all like, come on, come on. And we're just so incredibly supportive. And I remember being in this collection of women and just being like, these women are you know, I, I look up to them. I admire them so much. Like here they are having this incredibly hard day, like finding joy in these moments, being supportive. And like, we all rode together for the last 50 miles and we picked up another friend, Heidi. And like, yeah, I just, I had a similar experience being like, this is this, like this, this, (laughs) this is a shit moment for me. I'm like personally having a horrible day, but the magic of this moment, the feeling of being in this group of women who are so strong and so witty and so encouraging and just so talented in many different areas was to me one of the most powerful moments I'd had last year and I know what that feeling of chills is like and I'm I'm with you I'm like more of that let's have that (laughs) maybe that's like the part but like more of that part of it and yeah that was a really magical moment 
um, that I will not soon forget. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see, especially among this community of women that does the Grand Prix, kind of what your relationships are like at the end of this too, yeah. right? Because like, it's a really unique opportunity to kind of be competitors, yeah. but also be for each other. And, and like, I don't yeah. know, it'll be an interesting to see after six races together. I, <laughs> I love that. I, something, oh, I'm glad you brought it up. It's actually something that's on my mind almost every day um is yeah like how do we navigate being competitors with being friends with wanting to celebrate other people's successes with wanting to be supportive because you know I am full full transparency I know it's a shock competitive and I want to win right wow I also love and have the biggest you know space in my heart for my friends who are part of the lifetime grand prix and it's like there are times that I'm like, I want to see them succeed more than I want to succeed. And then there are other times that I'm like, I want to beat them. Like I want to win. I want to be at the top of this. And those, that tension is, it's tough. It's really tough. It's really tough because when you succeed, that can be someone else's failure, right? How do you compassionately approach that person who might be in a really difficult moment while still holding space for your own joy and happiness and pride and allowing yourself to celebrate that. Right. And like, man, that that's fucking hard. Like that's really, it's hard. And I think, that's I think really that's hard. one of the things, and this is me, the, again, this may be a bigger extrapolation than it should be, but like, I know like one of my passions so much and what, what I love about what we're doing with the Grand Prix is that the, I mean, the, it's an equal prize purse out of the gate, yeah. but it's still not equal from the sponsor side. Like I know mm-hmm. that you guys are not being paid the same as your male counterparts. Right. And I think, you know, in, in the competitive spirit, one of my sayings is there's enough to go around. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that holds true in the women's space. And mm-hmm. I think that that tends to lead to that, the cattiness that mm-hmm. women always get claimed of having in, mm-hmm. in competitive spaces because we're competing for a smaller nut. Like, yeah. You know, we don't like the, the, I, I just, I'm hoping we're shining a big enough light on women's cycling and that we can figure out a way to continue advocating for women pros to make sure their, their compensation is on the same playing field yeah. as the men. Yeah. I also hope you guys never lose your interesting things like being a program manager on the charging team at Ravian Automotive. <laughs> Well, I can't lose that because like, that's how I make money. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, but what I'm saying is like, let me look at some of these mail cards and see where they're working. Oh, I'm a full-time cyclist. I'm a full-time cyclist. I'm a full-time cyclist. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 That's not true across the board. I know I'm yeah. making some generalizations, but, but what made Ellen Noble's interview at the start line of Sea Otter on the women's field so much more fascinating than the men's was that the women are coming at this with so much depth and so mm, much humility mm-hmm, and almost, mm-hmm. almost a bit of humbleness that you're there. Um, yeah. I think we're and- all surprised. And like, this is, this is, I think a theme in women's cycling that I both, to your point, like I kind of admire, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck that. Like we all come to it being like, Oh, I didn't know I was going to get there. Like, really, really? Like I can say, you know, I say that a lot of them, like, why, why would I think that, you know, why do I hold that as true? What is it about like how I hold myself back from what 
I clearly can demonstrate is my ability. Right. And we, we all do this. I think women across the Peloton 100%. and I talked about this with my friends, like do the thing where they, they demure, like, Oh, I didn't know. Oh no. I'm, I'm so, it totally surprised me that I won. It's like, did it, did it because it shouldn't. And why does, why is either that the, the line or why is it that you don't understand enough about your own ability to have been like, I will win this, ah. you know? And, yeah. and it's a personality. It's not to say like everyone has to be like super no. gung-ho no. outward, but I think there's definitely more of a tendency of women to sort of like demure to something. And then like, but like, I look at everyone and I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this is incredible. I, yeah. The firepower here, you know? I also think like we, we get, like in general society kind of gets mad at women, not mad, but like <laughs> we, so I remember last year when Lauren DeCrescenzo won Steamboats and I mm-hmm. just happened to be standing there. So I interviewed her and I said, did you ever <laughs> imagine that you would be here? You know, like after, and she said, yeah, yeah. I, and, and she has so much confidence and she's like, I'm yeah. going for the win. Yeah. And I think that yeah. rubs a lot of people the wrong way about her. Yeah, it does. It does. And like, and that's but why thing, is right? that? Like she knows what yeah. she wants and she goes for it. <laughs> yeah. I think we, I think we're afraid. I think that when women know more often than not people who, and maybe this is more than just about women. It's about, you know, people who have been sidelined. It's people who haven't been given a, a voice. And so they have had to fight for it their whole life. And when they finally find it, they're like, do you know how much it took me to get here? Like nothing's going to stand in my way. I know how to fight for this, right? There's no, there's no shortcuts. There's no, there's no tailwind that they've had to get them where they are, which in truth is the case for primarily men and heterosexual men who, you know, pursue things. And I, I, I love a lot of men in my life. Like there are a lot of guys I know who fight and struggle and, and are really challenged by things. That's not to say it's, it's across the board, but I think it's like when, voices like that show up and they say nothing will stand in my way. It's like, they've been, they've trained their whole life to get in front of challenges, right. To fight that headwind. Um, And so I think when women show up and, you know, others that, that kind of experience show up and say, I'm going to do something. It's terrifying because you know that they will. And it's like, (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) You know, it's scary. If you're like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And I think that's true outside of sport too, but I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I do it too. And I'm not saying like, you know, the, the perfect position or one, I don't want to tell any woman or person how they have to be right. There's no right way of being, I think it is interesting to observe how common and how even out of personality it can be for some people to be like, Oh, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. It's like, but, but you do like, you made it here, right. You've spent the 20 hours a week training to get here. What, what did you think that was for? If not, right? Yeah. Why are you doing I mean, it's fun. I get, I love training. I love training more than racing. If I could train and not race, I'd be, I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, you know why you trained because you want to win and that's okay. And it's okay to keep it secret. It's okay to say it, you know, in your own way. I just yeah. think it's really interesting. You know yeah. what else I think like you should be really proud of? if you accomplished and you got into and just own it as if maybe you got into the gravel cycling hall of fame. Oh God. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Every time Christy gets like awkward and embarrassed, I'm like, 
damn it, you've done the work. Just own this. Like you are the woman that deserves to be standing there. You are a legend, Christy. You are a legend. I'm like, I'm literally thinking I have, I've got to do something about this because I'm like, I'm so, why am I so embarrassed? Yeah. Okay. Let's have, let's have a little counseling session with Christy. No. Oh my God. I love therapy. (laughs) And I could be like, there's like a couple of things I would be if I wasn't my current job. One of them is a soul cycle instructor and the other one is like a therapist. Yeah. (laughs) We will have, we will have therapy with Christy, but I just, I'm just simply pointing out that it's the same thing. Is like when when Kristen Legan called me and told me she's like I'm just making sure you still want this I'm like yeah I don't I don't th-. and Tim's like she's taking it <laughs> like my husband's like in the background like yelling like but um but find yeah, your allies and hold them close <laughs> yeah right luckily I'm married to mine um, that's good seriously got lucky there but yeah I mean I think what you're saying it's just you're speaking the truth it's just it's just funny when you yeah. when you're sitting this isn't in sport obviously but. But when I finished my time at Unbound in 18, I, I didn't think I could do that. I was shocked. I was shocked, you know, and, um, it made, it made me laugh at the end of it. Cause it's just like the same, like, what did I think was going to happen? I was working my ass off to, to have a time like that. Why was I shocked? Yeah, exactly. But then that, and then at the same time, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to make sense of this in my own head because yeah, I, I like doing things that I don't know about. Yeah, or I can't, exactly. I can't contextualize conceptualize, or I don't know what is going to happen. Like I, 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 I'm drawn to that stuff. Cause I'm like, they say it's crazy, but is it crazy? Like, what do you mean? It's, am I crazy? Like, is this what it means to be crazy? Right. And really I mean, dabbling in that. We're a little like, know that you're a little crazy. Cause you did the Barclays. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, yeah I can't I wait mean, that's totally gonna what I'm gonna watch this evening so oh my gosh yes you should I you're gonna be like it. what the <laughs> I'm not doing it I'll tell you that much I'm, I'm my favorite line and it's not worried about is, that I should do this for Unbound this will be my mantra for Unbound at one point he's driving in his truck last and the the documentarian is like uh looks like your your uh your gas tank is empty and he's like Laz looks at her and goes e E stands for excellent. That's <laughs> like, that's my motto. <laughs> if you think you're on empty, E stands for excellent. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, and now you're out of gas. <laughs> yeah, and now you're on the side. Of the <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, no, I think like the like surprising yourself. I mean, yeah, it's that. That's the fun part. That's the cool part. It's. Yeah you know, going out there and being like, I'm not sure I can, but I know that I belong here and it's possible. Um, and I think that's true for everyone, whether you're racing the lifetime grand prix as an elite athlete, or if you're racing your first gravel race, like yep. that's the part that's fun. is like really surprising yourself. I'd say the biggest thing that I struggle with is like, don't go down the rabbit hole. Like, is this possible? Cause for me, I'm a catastrophist. So I'm just like, all the ways that it's not possible, all the ways that it can't happen. Right. And that's a really easy trap to fall into. It's like, ask the question and then like set it aside. All you do is you ask the question and you like pursue the path to say, what would it take to make it possible? Right. And like that to me is what training is. And that's why I love training. It's like, I'm going to put all of my effort into doing the things that will make this possible. I like talk to the people I want to, I, I learn, I like read, I understand 
right? And you do that effort and you put that all in and then the day comes to like answer the question and you just have to let it all go. Nice. And be like, Let's I see did what there. I could. Now we just kind of like let it play out. And it's terrifying. Like, oh God, it makes, scares me. Right? It's like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> but that's, that's what it is. That's what it, it's like. You ask the question, don't spiral into the darkness of the un- impossibilities. You focus on the things that you can do, what's possible, what's, a- what's available to you. And then like, be at peace with that and like, take on what you can. And I think like, you will surprise yourself, right? Like to you, Christy, it's like, yeah, you did that. You did all of that in service to something you never thought you could do before. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. That's yeah, so cool. cool. I love that. Well, those sound like good words of wisdom to close by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Transition. (laughs) They're our specialty. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing all the things you do this year. Uh, Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Christy. You guys are awesome. I am honored to be here. Really stoked to talk to you. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.